Hello and welcome to episode 184 of the Redbox Report, weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVDs for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Fallon. I'm your co-host, Joel Fallon. And on this episode, we've got a jam-packed episode for you. We're going to review the latest indie horror hit, Don't Breathe. That's what I was doing with that pause break there, if you didn't get that. And then we're going to review the latest HBO hit TV show that first season just ended, Westworld. We've been talking about it here and there, but since the season is complete, we're going to dive a little bit deeper. And in honor of that, we're going to do our top five best first seasons of television, in our opinions. Our opinions. Yes, ours only. We love to hear your opinions. So if you ever want to give us them, give us them. That sounded good. The Redbox <laughs> Support at Yahoo.com is where you could send those opinions. Or hit us up on Twitter at the Redbox Support. But yeah, so got a lot of stuff to talk about. Let's dive right into Don't Breathe. This uh, this movie, I don't think anybody took it in the summer box office draft, but did fairly well from what I remember. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how well it did, but I remember hearing that it was exceeding expectations. Yeah, and it was certainly getting good reviews out there in Critic Land. I remember seeing the trailer for this and thinking, it looks pretty interesting, but not really giving it much thought after that. Yeah. Yeah, it's horror movies. It seems like they always these indie, more low key ones, always seem to get good like reviews, and that could be hit or miss sometimes. But yeah, it had a ten million dollar budget, and it made over a hundred and fifty million dollars. So yeah, I'd say it was a <laughs> did pretty well for itself. Wow, I definitely could have fit that in. Other than uh, I'm sure. Whatever bullshit movie I picked in the in that draft. <laughs> so, but yeah, so came out in August, and uh, the synopsis is: hoping to walk away with a massive fortune, a trio of thieves break into the house of a blind man who isn't as helpless as he seems. And uh, pretty uh, interesting premise here: breaking into a blind man's house. Uh, it's like stealing candy from a baby. Or yeah. So, so they think. Um, yeah. So Stephen Lang plays the blind guy from Avatar, the bad guy from Avatar. Uh, I knew he looked familiar. I couldn't put my finger on who he was. Yeah, he can see in that movie. That's probably why you didn't uh, recognize him. Is he blind in one eye in that movie? <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. It's been a while. I remember the one side of his face messed up. I can't remember if his one eye is blind or not. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. I haven't rewatched that since like the year after it came out. Don't think it holds up as well. Yeah, we got plenty more coming in the next few years, so might have to do a revisit review on here sometime. And that's I I didn't love the movie like other people did though. I didn't see it in theaters, but Yeah, I loved it in theaters just for the the three D aspect and it was gorgeous visually. But yeah. Yeah, that's what I hear. It definitely loses a lot. Like gravity, when you take it into the at-home experience, it uh, doesn't hold up quite as well, from what I remember. If that's ever re-released, I'm going to have to go see that. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so he plays the bad guy. Well, bad guy, Good. it's hard to say. 
as we'll get into, I'm sure. But Jane Levy and Dylan Minnette play two, two of the three kids who are, I guess, like just graduating high school or seniors in high school, that kind of age. And she is someone who is living in a messed up house. Uh, her mom is an alcoholic. I think her father is not in the picture or I can't remember. It's been a while since I I've think seen she says that he died. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and her name's Rocky. So I'm trying to think of a good Rocky joke, but I got nothing. And uh yeah, so her and her friends she wants to make still not make, she wants to steal enough money to get out of town, go live on her own and forget about this life that she's been miserable in for the first X amount of years of her life and to do I that. Think- this is based in like Detroit or something. Yes. So it's yeah. not a lot of. It's pretty bleak. Yeah. Fi- a lot of abandoned everything. Financial hardships abound. Yeah. And rumor is that this guy who's blind got a big chunk of money from a settlement where his daughter was killed in a car accident. And so they think, what better chance? Let's just grab this. He's blind. What's he going to do? And uh, yeah. So. Fetty Alvarez, who directed the Evil Dead remake a few years ago, he was uh, the director here. And from a technical standpoint, I think he did a good job. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I will say I I liked the movie. I liked it a decent amount. Not as much as I think a lot of critics raved about it, but it's definitely worth seeing. Yeah, I think I feel generally... Actually, I think that says a lot because I very, very much don't like horror. This is sort of more a thriller. Yeah, I was going to say, this isn't exactly demons and ghosts or anything like that. It's more like a suspense thriller type thing. But it's definitely laid out like a horror movie. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I mean, like I said, I think it's well directed, well acted for some young lesser known talent and Stephen Lang is great as the the blind man and I, I just like how you know that you can see from everyone's perspectives like you can almost either root for nobody or you could be rooting for the wrong person because you look at it these kids they just want to they're in a shitty situation they're desperate to get out of it, so you can kind of see why. What could have led them to this path? And hey, then, I, you could still get behind them, but you could easily be like, "Screw them!" Yeah, exactly. And then Stephen Lang, he's obviously just a, a poor blind guy getting his house robbed and defending himself. I do like that aspect of the movie how they sort of set it up. I mean, it, more than likely, you saw the trailer before you saw this movie. So you kind of know it's up, but yeah. they definitely set it up where you're like kind of supposed to feel bad for him almost at first. And then, yeah. Yeah, things change. I mean, I don't want to get deep into spoilers, but yeah, let's say if you've seen the trailer, you have a pretty good idea that he's basically evil daredevil. He's like blind, but better than anybody out there. At kicking yeah. ass and taking names. So, yeah. Um, 
there are some jump scares as far as that that horror trope, but no, nothing yeah. too crazy. Yeah, there wasn't any part in this movie where I was really like afraid. Um, don't think this movie does the best job of building tension for the type of movie that it is, but hmm. I don't See, know. I that could just be me. I would say that it it is suspenseful. It is. It, I think it does build some tension. Not as much as I was expecting it to, but I think it does a decent job. Just given that this is a blind guy, I think they do a good job of like keeping it dark at times so that you're kind of don't know what's coming. And I don't know. I feel like they put you in the mindset of these characters enough to to be suspenseful at times. But at the same time, I just wasn't like super. I wasn't so involved where yeah. I cared too much. Exactly, I wasn't enraptured. Like in a lot of movies, I'll be in it like just as much as the characters. And this, I was kind of at arm's length. I'm not sure why I couldn't fully connect. But I think I just didn't really care about these characters enough. I don't think they really get into the main plot pretty quickly. Yeah. I don't think I had really any time to relate to these characters or really, um, yeah, just connect with them in any real way. Like from, it, Because I kind of liked the beginning of the movie. I liked actually them building the characters a little bit, but they did it for such a short time that, I don't know, it's sort of like I either wanted more or none of it, or not none of it literally, but. That and, uh, I don't know, kind of minor spoiler in this movie, so if you don't want to hear it, fast forward like a minute or something like that, but yeah. one of the characters in this movie dies fairly early. Yeah. And I think them doing that made me just decide that either no one's making it out or one of, or whatever. I just kind of didn't care anymore after that, in a way. It, it sort of took a little bit of that tension. And you know what else did, too, was that the movie has that in-media res opening that is so popular nowadays, where it starts off just like The Shallows, and it's he's she's getting her dragged by her hair through the yard or something. So Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. like there are cases of that where... It is effective, but I feel like people are overusing it so much now that, like, that, just like in The Shallows, where I, that was a moment that I would have loved to just seen for the first time, you know, in sequence. Like, same here. I, I don't know what that did exactly. I don't really know if that did anything in a positive way for the movie. Yeah, I gotta say, uh, well, maybe we'll talk about this later, but... One of the only times that's ever worked for me is in Breaking Bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With, uh, at the, like, the last season, right? Yeah. Well, also the first. Oh, yeah, that's right. With the... the, the you see him in his underwear yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. and you're just like, what the... Yeah, see, that's that's pretty effective use of it. Because it gets you thinking, what the heck? Like, how did this happen? Or how did it come to this? Yeah, and it's so night and day from how... Sure starts and yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. It's just 
something that you're seeing more, or at least in certain movies, especially like a horror thriller type thing. And that's when I think it's probably least effective just because now you know that's coming. So you're just kind of waiting for it to get to that point. Yeah, it's definitely a genre that doesn't... And as much as I don't like horror, the ones I do like, it's... I usually only watch them once. Because it's all about the unknown, right? Right. So, sort yeah. of like after you see it, it's it's kind of done for you. Yeah, unless it's a really effective one, like Halloween, the original, or... Yeah, well, some of the older... Horror movies were actually better in, like, the 80s. And... When but... it's more, like, tone-reliant, you know? Yeah. As opposed to, like, plot and stuff like that. But, yeah, I... See, I don't really have a lot of bad things to say about the movie. It's just my main critique is, like, that I didn't connect with the characters, but... It's a great pace to the movie. It's like hour and a half moves fast. Like I said, gets right into the plot immediately. So it's not like you're like tapping your toes waiting for it to get it's into like the synopsis. An hour and 20 minutes, something like that. Yeah. And it's a fun movie. I feel like the action is brutal, but it's it's not so brutal that it's like takes away from the fun of just the chase sequences and stuff yeah, like it's that. not like Saul or yeah uh, was it hostile or whatever right yeah exactly yeah so like there's a lot to like about it I would definitely recommend it if you're a horror movie fan for sure yeah I would recommend this movie to most people I mean I don't think any most people aren't going to be blown away but I could also see the niche of people that might love this movie in a way Mm-hmm. But what did you think of Cindy Roberts? This is uh, mild spoilers. This is the woman who uh, killed his daughter in the accident that I was talking about, how he got his money. And she went missing at some point soon after that. But he actually has her held captive in his basement and is doing very bad things to her. Yeah. She's pregnant. And, Which, uh, they should have done a little bit better of a job of making that clear. clear. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. It also begs to reckon, like, if she went missing and he just won, you know, the settlement for her killing his daughter, they should at least knocked on his door, you know, maybe just poked around a little bit. But I guess then again, that's where the poor blind man thing kind of comes in handy yeah it's kind of odd because it sort of makes sense and it sort of doesn't like they don't really give you a good timeline of when all this stuff happened because the impression that i got was it wasn't super recent that this dude got paid out all this money i mean it could have been me not paying attention but and even if it was recent it just seems strange that he would just turn into this person, like have all this stuff set up in his basement. and Right. Know. So he, yeah, he had to be kind of a little messed up in the head before that. Yeah. But there's a scene involving a turkey baster in this movie. Oh my God. That is just absolutely disgusting. But yet pretty creative, <laughs> you know. I, I got to give him a... Uh... 
some style points for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, it definitely uh, it tiptoes on that thing of like they keep making him almost like seem like the victim, and then like they do something else to make him yeah. not the victim. <laughs> it's from that point on where you're like, yeah, he's just a straight up antagonist. Yeah, this dude's nuts. <laughs> Pretty disturbing shit. Um, but yeah, I I saw this when I was just like looking at what other people thought to try to catch myself back up since I watched it on like around halloween i liked this thing i saw where it's an exercise in reversal like the blind guy is the antagonist obviously then it's he has this nice house that's on a scary street instead of like a, a an old broken down house on a nice street that you yeah. typically see and the home invasion is being shown from the perspective of the invaders and not, yeah. you know, the person, like, in The Strangers, it's this family whose house is getting broken into and they're being terrorized. This, it's kind of the opposite. So it's constantly kind of trying to turn things on its head. And, yeah, I do like that about the movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, this is a decent movie. I don't have too much to say about it, though. It's just... Yeah. I agree. I, I'm glad I, I watched it, or like on Halloween, around Halloween, because you know I, I don't, I didn't watch many new horror movies around that time, and this was pretty. It's like I said, it was a fun movie. It was well made, but the only thing that is kind of unfortunate for this movie is that earlier this year there's a little movie called Green Room that came out, which kind of does a similar thing where these kids in the rock band are trapped in the green room of this venue and trying to escape and violence ensues but that is a much better film in my opinion um but yeah this had a 87 percent on rotten tomatoes and i understand why it's that high I, I just don't feel that highly about it myself no i don't either but i would give it a pretty fair seven and a half out of ten just a that's pretty much my border like uh baseline for a recommend my minimum yeah uh, I think I'm more of like a a soft seven, strong six and eight. I'd probably give it a seven, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm still, like, I liked aspects of the Evil Dead remake from a few years ago. We reviewed it on here, one of the early episodes. And, again, that had, like, cool style points and it was well made, just like this. Uh, but he, this is better, I think. So he's moving in the right direction. So I'll, I'll keep an eye on this director, see what he's got going on. I guess the only other thing I forgot to mention is I like the ending of the movie without giving it away. Oh, yeah, it is pretty interesting. It's actually not what I expected. Yeah, not at all. And um, I think it sets up a sequel pretty well. Like I, would, I was about to say the same thing. It could be an int- totally different movie. Exactly. But... They, it would. It, they couldn't do the same gimmick again. But, you know, as far as these things go, like, uh, what was that movie we reviewed last year? That horror movie with the, like, the ghost that they couldn't see or the, with the STD transmitted uh, ghost killings. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, you're not talking about the one with, uh, the one I liked? I think so. <laughs> this is yeah, terrible. What's the director's name? I Del think, Toro? No, not that one. It was the first one. Uh, anyway, 
Um, like that one was, you could tell it was trying too hard to set up a sequel in it. I don't know. I just like the way they did it here. That's all. I also like the ending because it's sort of not what you would expect, but I feel like it's a little more realistic. Yeah, that's true. Like, I'll just say get the hell out of Dodge. (laughs) Yeah. Not like, whatever. Like you, you were saying to me when you were watching the movie. Why don't they just break a window and get the hell out of there? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, to be fair, if you think about any movie in that respect, you could ruin any movie. Yeah, yeah. These are about getting lost in it a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, but, see, I was a little, I was more into it than that. <laughs> but, yeah, I wasn't all That was me just being funny a little oh, bit. Yeah, yeah. But about halfway through the movie, I'm just like, they're in a house, not like a... <laughs> yeah, a prison. 13-story skyscraper or anything like that. Like, <laughs> There is a dog roaming the property. It's true. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, moving uh, furniture? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I knocked something over. This is a boulder. Freaking connect, Mike, man. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were in a 127-hour situation. Never knew. Did you ever see it? No. Oh, <laughs> pretty good. Actually, I had heard decent things about it. But yeah, let's let's kick it to TV. Um, Westworld, HBO's Westworld. You've heard if you've listened to the podcast recently, you've heard us talk about it. Um, yeah, ten episode run, finally finished up. This is the story of a theme park set in. The future, the near future, I guess. I think it kind of came out that the show is taking place in the year 20,000. 20,000? That's way 20, future. 2,054 or something like that. So, you know, not that far ahead, especially when the park first opened. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is a theme park where you can go to Westworld and live out your fantasies of being in the Wild West where you – can pick your hat and your gun and you go out there you can go on missions you can have sex with prostitutes yeah you can kill people all that stuff and the hosts or robots kind of start to wake up a little bit and maybe turn the turn the page on the humans that are in control so we gotta go full spoilers here since it's talking about a season of a show yeah you, you really can't talk about the show without spoiling so yeah, that would be an insane task at hand so if you haven't seen the show and are interested in the show then uh yeah maybe just stop here until you see it or fast forward maybe 15 20 minutes and if you have seen the show or don't really care about being spoiled keep on listening yeah <laughs> So what did you think overall after everything was said and done? This is an amazing show. It's really good. I really, really, really like it. And I think I like it for all its subtle things. Rather than the bigger overarching... I mean, towards the end, there's really not even this huge overarching story. It's about all these little things coming together. Yeah, I liked that it was pretty self-contained. Yeah. Like, they set up questions, and they pretty much answered them all. Uh, For me, this is a show that 
I was super excited when I heard about it. I really wanted to give it a shot. It's being written or created by, I think J.J. Abrams is involved, but really it's uh, Christopher Nolan's brother, Jonathan Nolan, and his wife, Lisa Joy. It's their their baby. And obviously I like Nolan stuff and even Abrams stuff, and it was a cool concept. First episode or two, I was kind of lukewarm on the show. Yeah, I liked it, but I was like, eh. I liked, yeah, I liked the potential and some of the ideas, but it was kind of, I don't know, I had, I was having a hard time connecting with any characters, at least early on. I yeah, think. or even seeing where it was really going. Yeah, exactly. But then around episode four or five, I was really starting to get into it, and then from that point on, every episode just kind of got me more and more hooked, and I thought, like you said, it was a great season of television overall. I think if I rewatched those earlier episodes, I would appreciate them a lot more. Yeah, uh, I think for me, I remember reading some earlier reviews, like not spoiler reviews, and forget who it was exactly, but they were just like, this show is going to be a slow burn, so yeah, just give it some time, and the way I thought of it was a lot of times a, a little bit of patience is good with these types of shows. Yeah, and that's the beauty of television is that you do have time to, even if you don't, like in a movie, if you're not, like, <laughs> look at the perfect example, Don't Breathe, I didn't connect with these characters right away, so I had a hard time in this hour and a half movie of being completely invested, but 10 hour, um, you know, 10 episode per season show even if it doesn't happen right away, there's still time for them to to get you on board yeah. as it moves on. And it definitely did that for me. Like, I was immediately loving the stuff that was taking place inside the park with the Wild West stuff. It was like... Oh, yeah, I think the... Not really the saving grace of the show, but the cool thing about it is, even if you're not super into the story or don't really know what's going on, it's a cool enough concept that like you can watch it and sort of think about like what you would do in Westworld or right or yeah like there's not a ton of action for as much as you might expect but still when it's there it's pretty well done and it's cool like there was still gunfights and and all that kind of stuff it was the the behind the scenes people like Bernard and Robert Ford that took me like three or four episodes to just really even understand what was going on exactly yeah. I will say this is a show that I'm I don't know if I could have been as into it if I didn't listen to a few uh Westworld podcasts. I'll name drop them, uh Decoding Westworld and the one on Persia Recaps, I don't think has like a specific name, but like that listening to those podcasts really helped me just break they break down the episodes and talk about the theories and stuff. And it just gave me a chance in between episodes to really grasp everything that's going on. Because it's just, it throws a lot at you. I think it's kind of a nice thing that uh, pretty much most of the theories that were plausible were true. Yeah, and, and that didn't take anything away from me. And yeah, it, some people anything, like have a huge issue with it. And it's like, it's kind of the fun of it. and. Right. I respect a show that's not willing to just, like, throw a twist in there for the sake of sort of just, like, manipulating the viewer. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, yeah, at least, yeah, maybe we saw 
some of the bigger stuff coming, like William being the man in black and and even Bernard being a host and being like Arnold and that kind of stuff. Like, but at least it made sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I we I didn't. A lot of people who even like like the show that are kind of upset about the man, the man in black thing being basically the last episode. But I thought that was great. Like, episode ten was fantastic. Oh yeah, the finale was really, really, really well done. It was an hour and a half. It was almost like feature length and. Yeah, that was an awesome finale. Even though, like, if you really pick it apart, some and this is with any Christopher Nolan, any you know, or Jonathan Nolan production, they're so good. At least for me, at um, there will be gaps in logic, but it's only in like in favor of just a more entertaining story. And and for yeah, me, and- I in the moment, I'm not thinking about it. It doesn't affect me whatsoever. It's only in hindsight that I can see, oh, yeah, that kind of did make sense, but it doesn't matter. And that goes back to, like, what I was saying before about uh, Don't Breathe is you can really pick apart any movie or TV show if you want to, like, logically, but right, it's, it's a little bit of escapism. Exactly, yep. Yeah, I 100% agree. But I guess let's get more into, like, the specifics of uh, of the season what were some of your favorite characters like who did who did you really like when their parts come on screen you were like paying more attention um well more into the season i really like bernard yeah very fascinating um i like uh i can't ever remember what her name but she's the cute but seemingly complete bitch that is on the board oh charlotte yes yes charlotte yeah i really like liked her i like that actress i don't know the character is a little the character yeah yeah i i could see her being a better character maybe in the second season or something like that if she survived yeah yeah i really like that actress she's from creed and uh a couple other yeah i liked her as an actress yeah very charismatic more so than her character. Yeah, um, I would agree. But Bernard, let's talk about Bernard a little bit. Yeah. I think it's a pretty cool concept that here's a guy who is a host, but he doesn't know it, and he's analyzing other hosts and like overlooking them. And I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of like um, making a dog think he's a human, and he has to. You know, I don't know. That doesn't make a lot of sense, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I know where you're coming from, though. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. And then when he finds out, he confronts Ford, and he's like, we've had this discussion many times before. I don't. I just like how Robert Ford is in complete control of everything at all times. Yeah. Which, by the way, he's the best character in the show, but... Um... What I really like is when he does find out that he's a host, he doesn't go into this, like, automated, like, he's, like, legitimately shocked, and he doesn't really get over that. Right, yeah. And it's, yeah, that's kind of, I like how, the like, the reactions, like you said, they are programming, but they're naturalistic. 
It's a like I like how in that final episode when Maeve, who is probably my favorite character, when she's trying to do her grand escape or whatever, and Bernard's like, "This is all your programming. This I'm sorry to tell you that you know this is not your own decision," and he shows her the script or whatever. I just like how you wouldn't like they could have gone either way with that. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't feel like she was uh, in a script or anything like that. It didn't, but at the same time, like a little bit later into the show, like maybe see episode seven, I started getting that idea. Almost like uh, like when people say they when they go to North Korea, like they you start kind of going crazy because everything seems like it's a performance yeah yeah i sort of started feeling like that almost with westworld where i was starting to be like i don't know if anybody could maybe not be real or all this could be leading people astray or closer or so i started doubting everything a little bit towards the end and then it ends up that most of my doubts were mostly unfounded but I liked that it messed with my head like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's very easy to just go down the rabbit hole of, is everyone a robot? Is this like you know, one huge experiment? Like, there's definitely conspiracy theories abound. Yeah. But it's Maeve, definitely a perfect for a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. <laughs> but Maeve, like I said, one of my favorite characters, if not my favorite. I just liked how I felt... First of all, that that uh, Tandy Newton gave the best performance of the entire show, and I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. And she was just such a badass, like putting her intelligence up to twenty, and then like slicing Sylvester's throat and then bonding it back together. Uh, that was a really cool moment. Yeah, and just being like the cool, like I thought it was awesome when she started playing God. With the other uh, hosts, and yeah. like get uh, especially in the finale, I thought like her and Hector and shoot, what's the snake tattoo lady's name? Oh, I can't remember. But she was awesome too. <laughs> I love that tattoo. She's a badass. She is, especially in the last episode. Yeah, she really came into her own in the fi- and finale. I feel like they realized that after the fact because there's a scene. That's like after the credits with her. Yeah, I didn't see it, but I heard about it. Um, she like rips her arm off or something. Yeah, it shows basically from the last moment that you saw her. Yeah. Like yeah, because earlier in the show when she's around, like she's kind of just like a background character for like in Hector's gang or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I don't understand the the snake tattoo. I don't get it. Is she supposed to be important? But then she never really does anything. But then in the finale, I'm like, this might be one of my favorite characters in the entire show. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Who else? Dolores. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the easy go-to, yeah. in a way. Another, you know, amazing performance. Evan yeah. Rachel Wood. Uh, she's act- she turned out to be Wyatt, which I kind of saw coming a few episodes before. But still yeah. pretty cool. You know, bipolar robot. 
And the big thing at the in the finale, where obviously she guns down Robert Ford, shoots him in the head like she killed Arnold, and then just starts picking off bystanders, innocent bystanders. Yeah, the the last episode is so cool. I just like her eyes. Like you could tell when she's Wyatt and when she's Dolores. Yeah. Immediately. Love that. Yeah, I can respect somebody that can do that, uh, just acting with their eyes, like, or facial expressions. Which is, uh, which, I don't know why his name is, uh, Ford. Actor plays Ford. Sir. <laughs> um, it's Sir Hannibal Lecter, I believe. Yeah, I keep wanting to say <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. Uh, Kicking myself for this uh, right now. For Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, yes. I was uh, his say, performance was amazing, whether you like his character or not. Oh, all yeah. All the things that he does. For sure. I think anyone else playing that role is not anywhere near as interesting. But uh, I really like in the last episode where he's talking about his old partner and just basically says, I was wrong. Yeah, that that was the one thing that definitely caught me by surprise. That's the yeah. I mean, he just has so much control, and I mean, he's he is a god essentially in that world. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you're wrong. The whole time you think he's going to be the bad guy, and it's kind of going to be like Arnold's ghost that's leading a rebellion against him. But turns out he's been kind of setting this up the whole time, where he does want to finish what Arnold started, but he wants to go about it in a different way to actually give them their own consciousness and decision-making instead of forcing them yeah. one way or the other. And I, I really like that. What about, the, let's go back in time 30 years to the William and Logan storyline. Okay. <laughs> Obviously we saw it coming that he was going to be the man in black. But did you think that his arc to becoming that guy was too quick because I, I kind of thought it was a little bit but I still like I mean, it, the performance yes and no they took a long time to get there but once he got there yeah it was like the last two or three episodes where he kind of just was, yeah it went really quick yeah and then which I think looking back on, it's not going to be as big of a deal, but as you're watching the show, you do kind of feel like that was a little bit almost anticlimactic in a way. <laughs> yeah. Not like literally, but. And the fact that at the, in the finale, you'll learn, he's like, puts on the black hat, gets that knife out that he's known for, gets the gun, and like the whole thing that kind of pushes him over the edge is that someone else picked up. Dolores's can that fell out of her bag. Like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean... Well, I, I think that's supposed to be more symbolic than literal, but... To be fair, I'd be pissed if some random guy touched uh, one of my girlfriend's cans, too, but... <laughs> but yeah. Gold. Oh, yeah. I've been thinking about that one all week. <laughs> <laughs> but what I do like is that his friend or whatever is her future brother-in-law 
He's sort of an idiot, but... He's kind of right the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he ends up kind of being right the whole time. Like, I want to see, like, who you really are and all. And not only does he see that, but the man in black sees that as well. Like, he kind of figures that out. Yeah, he says the park just shows you your true self or whatever. But, they, yeah, he becomes the man in black. And I was hoping, like... Do you, it, so it really does seem like that he raped Dolores in the pilot episode. Yeah. I thought it was going to come out like that he's kind of trying to help the robots. Help her along the whole yeah. time. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's just shame on me for expecting more. He's just a bastard, I guess. But, again, great performance by Ed Harris and... I love that scene when he gets shot in the arm. Yeah. And he just gets a smile on his face. Like, it's what he fun. always wanted. Yeah, it's finally real. And uh, it's just, it's cool how that paid out. I think it's pretty much the last scene. Yeah, pretty much. Um, a couple other little things that I really liked. Um, seeing the uh, samurai world. Yes, I was going to say something about that. That was really cool. That's the only thing I could think that it would stand for. It's S. Or Shogun World. Oh, it's Shogun, yeah. That would be true. True. I was calling it Feudal Japan. And I hope... if they, I'm, I'm, like, drooling at the possibilities. Like, they better have the storyline from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3... As a con- constant loop, because I would be there in a heartbeat. <laughs> I thought you didn't like that one. I don't, but I do want to live it. <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> yeah, no, and, that, um, that actually would be awesome. I don't know how swords are going to work as far as, like, cutting guests and not hurting them, but hopefully they figure that out. And I guess because there could even be more parks, because... The note. Oh, for sure. The note that uh, actually that's a character that I liked a lot was Felix, the yeah. Asian guy. Like he was awesome. And I really hope that doesn't end up being like a one-off thing, like an Easter egg, because she's like, "What is this?" And he just says, "It's complicated." Yeah, I I, I have a feeling that it won't be, because if they're going to go for five or six seasons, yeah, they're going to have to. Yeah, and the fact that the note he gave her says Park One. That why would you put park one unless there's other parks? Very true, very very true. So there's also uh, I actually read something about this where the creators were saying that um in the heyday of westerns, um samurai movies and westerns yes. had a lot of yep you know, a lot of the same elements and almost the same movies. That's yep. That's exactly that's why it works so well too because. The Magnificent Seven, which we'll be reviewing in a few weeks, like that's a remake of Seven Samurai, you know, just yeah. replacing like samurai with cowboys, basically for a lot of their movies. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. And you got to think, like, yeah, Americans are going to want to pay to go to Westworld, but someone from an Asian country, like, that means nothing to them, you know. What's more, their heritage or their background that they would want to visit you know to travel back in time and um the one other thing i do want to say about this show is i was thinking about this the other day i wonder if it's at all 
even just like underneath the skin a little bit kind of commentary to like internet culture now or it's not really internet culture it's just really culture now but you're sort of like you sort of have this almost anonymity in Westworld and it seems to bring out the worst in people that's a really good point that I didn't think of and it just it kind of reminds me a lot of that yeah you can be a good person but it's you don't have to be in a way and yeah these basically these asshole Westworld patrons are YouTube commenters. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Like, they would never act like this in the real world, but since, hey, no one's ever going to know, I can just be the biggest dick that I can possibly be. Yeah, and it's sort of like an accumulation of all this horrible shit that's happened has finally, like, built up enough where it's blowing up in people's faces a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Just It's sort of like uh, technology is fantastic. It makes your lives, but it can also kind of bite you in the ass a little bit too. But. Yeah. What did you think of the maze in the reveal that it ended up being like a little game just for the host to try to unlock their consciousness? I mean... I sort of assumed that's what it was the they, whole time. Yeah, they kept telling him, it's not for you, dude. But they, they do kind of try to make it out to be like a literal. Mm-hmm. He's, I, I don't know. I do kind of like that, um, you know, like, uh, it's dis- it's just as disappointing for the viewers at home that it's not this huge awesome reveal just the same way it is for the character in the show yeah and like that's why of... i was gonna say like i respect it but it is disappointing in a way but i think it's like disappointing in a good way yeah it didn't definitely didn't affect my enjoyment at all i think more so it's just going to depend on the later seasons too yeah oh so speaking of that let's end on a note of What's next? What I mean, I literally have no idea what season two is going to be. I was really no. I was who does? Yeah, I was hoping that Maeve was going to, you know, go to the mainland. Yeah, and kind of be like the person working from the outside or something like that. Yeah, and then maybe kind of. Try to break back in or most after she realized she didn't belong out there. Like or... visit Westworld or something like that? Yeah, I don't know. It kind of reminded me of Ex Machina when, yeah. you know, what happens in that movie. Um, would have been kind of interesting to follow that plot line. But I, I think it's really cool that she broke her code by not going. Actually, she was supposed to. And it's because of the reverie with the daughter that she decided to come back. And what if her daughter's in Samurai World? Who knows? Might have to scoot that. Can you imagine her? It, like that. It's got to be mind blowing. You get from the Wild West to the Samurai World. I liked all those because I think that scene does the same for her as the scene where Dolores is looking at herself. Like I think it's clearly them saying she finally found consciousness like it was always her yeah 
So at least we know of these two that are fully conscious. And I think maybe next season's going to be them kind of getting more hosts to get to that point. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope that's how it turns out. But it could also be about them controlling. Um, yeah. I also wonder if the second season will start where it left off or if it will pick up on that later. Like, I wonder if it... I got to feel like it's going to be start off like we have no idea what's going on like it's not i don't think it's going to pick up right where i left off yeah i i feel like more likely the past but you know it could even start off a little bit more in the future like kind of like oh i think it will i think it'll be like a month after everything happened or something like we're going to be thinking how is man in black still alive or yeah or why is the company failing or whatever you know yeah yeah I think it's going to be something like that. But I can see two ways that it could go. And obviously there's more possibilities. But in my head, it's either got to be Maeve versus Dolores in season two. Like they both gain consciousness, but they have different ideas. And it's going to be like a battle of power between them. And I think Maeve is going to be the one that would kind of take on humans on her team whereas Dolores seems much more uh host only yeah she seems like she could be the bad guy but you would still sympathize with her to an extent yeah it could you know or they could do complete like Maeve and Dolores team up and it's man versus host or man trying to survive and get the upper hand again or I could even see the show going like like, there are some people that say that either Ford is actually dead and he's just going to, like, reprint himself, or the other way around, where he was already printed. Like, I, I, I understand where that's coming from, but I can't get behind it. But I, I don't necessarily disagree with you there. I mean, I could see any of that happening, but I could also see them, like, killing all those people and reprinting them. Yeah, and like <laughs> taking control of the company, like as hosts, that'd be crazy, and really wreaking havoc or whatever. But I, I think did. that would be more of like an end game, end game to the show than a second season. Yeah, because I just that I feel like if Ford comes back in any way other than flashbacks, that will take away from the emotional resonance of what happened yeah that and anthony hopkins has got to be pushing like close to freaking 90 yeah and he's this huge actor who i think probably said yeah i'll do it but only for one season yeah i i could see him still making appearances like they record a lot of stuff yeah maybe like in flat like i said a couple flashbacks like flashbacks or like how arnold talks to them kind of yeah you know this whole season could work as just like one confined like, the show could end right here, and it would kind of work. I agree. You could just imagine that the host took over and basically own this world now. Their own sovereign nation, basically. And I kind of wish that every season of television would end on a, like on a note that if the show got canceled, that it would be kind of complete. Yeah, 
Because there's been so many cases where a show gets canceled and it's like, what? No, we still have to figure out what's going on. At least this way it would be kind of like, you know, you could feel a little, like a little satisfied. No, I agree. But yeah. I loved it. Eight, I give it a strong eight and a half out of ten. It's hard to rate television shows, but... Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, I think I'd give it the same thing. Eight and a half. Maybe a soft nine. Yeah. All right, so let's get into our top five best first seasons of television. Um, This is an interesting list because, like, if you compare my top five here to my top five just shows of all time, um, I feel like um, there's not that much overlap. Or at least, like, some of the ones that I've would just assume would be on here were not um, just because they were shows that kind of didn't have bad first seasons, but kind of just got better as the seasons went on. And, yeah. and it might've been the same effect that happened here for me where I'm just more invested in the characters, but, and also we were talking before the show that comedies can have a hard time having a great first season because they kind of need some time to, figure out what's working and and get, kind of find their groove. So I have no comedies on my top five. Neither do I. So then I what, Go ahead. All my shoes are actually pretty recent. Mine too. I did, yeah, because I've never been a huge TV fan until my adult life. Yeah, As far as prestige dramas and stuff like that. Hey, not to mention there are shows that I haven't really seen. Um, like I'll say The Sopranos. I've seen plenty of episodes individually, but I've never like watched that show in order. And I don't know, just like shows like that. But. Yeah, I've never seen a single minute of The Sopranos and I've never seen The West Wing. And yeah, there's plenty of shows. I've seen, I've probably seen all the episodes of The West Wing, but again, I've never watched them in like order and with much, that was like my going to sleep show. Like sometimes I would watch like three episodes. Is it good? Should I check it out? I like it. I mean, it's not exciting by any means, but I don't know. It's a, it's a tad bit dated at this point, but it's a pretty good show. Yeah. It definitely tries I don't know. Especially these days, it definitely tries to make our government seem like good guys, I guess. But <laughs> Yeah. What's your number five? Number five is House of Cards. Okay, another show I haven't seen. I loved the first season. I mean, I, I really, really, really liked it. And I can't remember how many, se- if there were three or four seasons now, but... None of them have been as good as the first season. Um, Kevin Spacey killing it. Yeah, Kevin Spacey. All everyone on the show was is pretty amazing, and for the time, this show was incredible. One of the first, at least successful Netflix shows. It's cool having the whole season right away. Uh, What's the girl's name? Mara Rooney? Rooney Mara? 
whatever. No, no, I think it's Kate Mara, her sister. Oh, okay, yeah. She's pretty good. Uh, I can never remember her name, but the lady who plays Kevin Spacey's wife is a stone cold bitch, and she's kind of like hot. I don't know, like <laughs> Robin. You'll Wright. hate them, absolutely despise these people as you watch it, but it's kind of incredible at the same time. Cool, man. I, it's so many shows that I really want to give a shot and watch, but it's like picking, I don't know. It's tough to pick sometimes. So many shows. My friend uh, Spencer worked on this show. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. And I still remember like running into him one day at Taco Bell, and he was like, I'm shooting this really weird show with Kevin Spacey where he keeps stopping and talking to the camera. It's like dumb as shit. <laughs> Three years later, four years <laughs> But I just, like, always laugh about that because it's such a big showdown. Yeah. <laughs> Breaks the fifth wall or whatever. Yeah. Four, fourth wall? Fourth. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the fifth wall is. It's like a dimensional barrier, I believe. <laughs> what is it, Doctor Strange? <laughs> <laughs> My number five is a show from Showtime. It's Homeland. This is um my only shout out show. What do you mean? Like uh honorable mention. That's oh, okay. Saying. I was like, who are you shouting out? <laughs> because I think this show is before we were talking. I was talking about my list, and I kept thinking about shows that had first good seasons and sucked afterwards. Yeah, this that is was prime candidate. Yeah, amazing first season of television. I've never I mean, seen a show drop off like this one did. I, I, I'll I get to that, but uh, I have. But this was pretty bad, too. Um, like I said, first season. I mean, I've never been hook, line, and sinkered maybe so quick in a sh- by a show ever. It was just so well made, so intriguing, so suspenseful. And then the finale of the first season kind of disappointed me a little bit. Yeah. Just because of... A decision they made, and um, I don't want to give it away, even though it's been a while. But and I even I like the second season en- enough. Like the first half of the second season, I still thought was really good. But then in the second half of the second season kind of jumped the shark, and I gave up after like halfway through the third season. That's it. like that's how fast it dropped off. I actually I pretty much quit. was the same boat as you. Where I watched like half of the second season and it just like. I think I'm done with this show. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a show that I was in love with to meh to fuck this. I'm out. Yeah. I think I know what show you're going to say, by the way. (laughs) You probably do. It's not on my list. It's an honorable mention, but what is your number four? My number four is... uh, Alright, I'll just stick with what I have. I was going to switch my three and four, but Game of Thrones. Yep. Number yep. four. Yeah. Um, actually, looking back, I love the first season. And I, I really liked the first season when it first came out, too. But um, the only thing about the first season is I did really didn't know what the hell was going on. Besides... Like, 
the thing at the end and all that. Like the first season will hook you, but it won't really tell you what Game of Thrones is necessarily about. Fair, except like towards the end. Yeah, it's my number three. I'll say because the degree of difficulty, like the fact that this show is as big as it is now, and from where they had to introduce people to it, like. An amazing job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, they started off as small as possible, given the amount of characters and just world-building that had to take place. Like, it's really faithful to the book, and for... They didn't have the budget that they have now. All the, like, all the constraints and all the, like, the degree of difficulty, like I said, and they still nailed it. Like, that's very impressive. Yeah, it's... It's monumentally impressive, really. But yep. I'm trying to be critical about it, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like, I do remember I watched, like, the first, like, two or three episodes, and then I moved to Ocean City, and then I watched the whole first season when I came back at some point, like, for a trip or something like that. And the first time around, I was like, this is cool, but it didn't hook me. Like, I was going to give up on it. Then the second time around, I was like, "Wow, this is awesome!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen the first season three times now, and it's it definitely like. Well, obviously, I already I read the book, so I knew what was going on. But it it gets. I think it actually gets better on rewatches. Yeah, like I've said. probably watched it about the same. Yeah, it, it makes you kind of long for simpler times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, just yeah. It just makes me long for, like, just getting started in this world and all the stuff I had to look forward to. Yeah, and I always think, like, what if Ned Stark would have lived? What if this person would have lived this? Or... Sorry, if you don't know that <laughs> twist, then... Yeah. You know... I don't enter- know what rock you've been under. <laughs> Entertainment Weekly spoiled that for me. before I even, Before I even read the books. Like I remember... Literally, as that scene was happening, I was like, he's the biggest star and the main character of the show. There's no what, how's he? Yeah. <laughs> no way he's not getting out of this. What? <laughs> Say what? Yeah. Not to mention, Sean Bean's a walking spoiler. Yeah, exactly. There was this article I just read today. He voices the main, like the king in Civilization, the new like, computer game Civilization. Don't even tell me that character dies. Well, I don't think it's like that, but in the commercial, he does, or something like that. It was like Sean Bean talking about how disappointed that he couldn't even live through the commercial of Civilization VI. Yeah. Yeah, that moment and many other moments in Game of Thrones, when I rewatched the show with my wife, when she hadn't heard of anything that had happened, that moment when uh, Ned Stark loses his head, I'll never forget just watching my wife's reaction. Yeah, there was a a moment that was somewhat spoiled for me about one of the Starks. Probably the biggest moment in Game of Thrones. And it was through Wikipedia. Yeah, I had just seen from the books that one of the characters wasn't alive. Right. And, And it was, I vaguely knew how he did die. I sort of pieced it together by the time. 
Bet you that scene still worked, though. They did a good job building tension. Hell yeah, it did. It didn't. To be completely honest, it didn't really take anything away from it. Yeah, that's why I don't really, like, care about spoilers all that much. Just because, like I've said before, if if something's going to work, it's going to work. Yeah. It's all about execution. And yeah, like, who was it? Alfred Hitchcock said, there's a difference between surprise and suspense. Like, suspense is more effective, and that's when you know what's coming, but there's nothing you can do to stop it. Yada, yada. Oh, yes. And surprise is just, like, comes out of nowhere, and you don't have time to even process it completely. I think I put an extra S in there, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) My number four on this television list is Dexter, another Showtime show. And Showtime is definitely, like, the channel where... They'll have their prestige shows that get out of the gate like Gangbusters, Bill Daly in it up, and they kind of drop off over time. Yeah. They can't sustain. They burn themselves out, I guess. But, yeah, Dexter's another one. It's not as bad as Homeland. Like, I think Dexter's really good through the first four seasons. And it kind of peaks in the fourth season and slowly fades after that. But the first season of Dexter is just... There was nothing like it before it. This is a blood spatter analyst who is a serial killer in his spare time, but the only people he serial kills are murderers and criminals, so he's kind of like... He's got a code, even if he's a bad person, right. sort of. Yeah, and there's a great villain in the first season, and it does a great job introducing it, and... It's never takes itself too seriously. Like there's a sense of humor to it, so it is really good. I, I'd recommend the first four seasons of Dexter, and then you don't have to watch anymore after that. I I know people that like this show really like this show. I uh I never got into it. I never. To be fair, I didn't really give it much of a chance either. But. I, yeah, I remember they like played the first season on CBS, like regular CBS like edited out all the R-rated stuff, I guess. Yeah. And that seems like a terrible way to watch it. That's sort of um it is something similar. Before AMC really made a lot of shows, they had the Sopranos. Oh really? First show I remember or speaking of the Sopranos, but it was the Sopranos with everything edited out. And I remember that was like my first introduction to that. Sort of like, that seems terrible. Yeah. See, I'm pretty sure they just like cuss like sailors, kill people. Yeah. <laughs> What's your number three? Uh, my number three is The Walking Dead. Never seen it. Um, I've sort of stopped watching the show. I'll eventually watch it again. I can't remember what... I'm pretty sure for me it goes, I love the first season. I didn't like the second season. I liked the third season, and I really liked the fourth season. But it just, I don't know. I feel like it starts becoming cruel for the sake of being cruel. Sort of not like Game of Thrones. Where at points of Game of Thrones, it's like nothing good's ever going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But it's a little different. I mean, I guess it's realistic in a way because it's supposed to be a somewhat realistic look at 
like a zombie apocalypse. It wouldn't be very nice. Probably. But eventually, I mean, I know we're talking first season, but eventually the show becomes more about how zombies are sort of like whatever. I mean, they're not whatever. They're ser- a serious obstacle. But it becomes more about like people manipulating that. Basically, the people become the enemies. Yeah. But I really like the first season. I really like the first episode especially. It yeah, just starts heard. off with the guy Rick waking up in a hospital with everything had already happened. <laughs> Basically, what I've heard is like the first episode's two hours long or something, right? Yeah, I, it's been a long time. But, but I heard yeah, like sure it's long. the first episode is amazing. And it never lives up to those that like expectation for the rest of the run. I wouldn't say that, but I'd say at least in like the second season, it's sort of whatever. I don't know. It's it's a very up and down show with me. There are times that I'm like really into it, and then times where it's, it's definitely one of those shows where like you could pick it apart if you wanted to, but if you want to like kind of just get lost in it and enjoy it for what it is. It's good, too. Yeah, I'm... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever make the plunge and watch it, but certainly is a big show. But my number two is Friday Night Lights. Heard of it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I watched this... This Actually, this show could kind of be on my honorable mentions. The Black Donnellys. It was a show that was canceled from CBS for basically being too graphic. I remember. And it was like one of the first shows I remember watching online. And I watched that and Friday Night Lights, which I gotta say I really liked. Yeah. Definitely. The first season's great. It might even be the best season of the show. I love the show in general, but um, it's the most, I feel like it's the most football-centric season so just I haven't heard good things about the other seasons but I didn't watch any of them well I don't know who you've been talking to well the second season I believe is the one people didn't like yep second season is weak yeah but I I, to be completely honest I didn't know there was a season beyond that but I think there's five seasons wow and uh yeah second season's weak but there's decent stuff on there and if you can get through it like the last three seasons are awesome Okay. Uh, but yeah, the first season's great. Great characters, Smash, Street, uh, the coach and coach's wife are two of the best characters in television history. But yeah, real quick, the Black Donnellys, well, they they aired like the last six episodes online only, right? Yeah. And it had the, the chick from her and um, and many other things. Vinyl? Yeah. What's her name? A couple name? of the guys have seen another stuff. I couldn't tell you what their names were. Yeah. It was a decent show for what it was. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It wasn't incredible or anything like that. But at the time, I thought it was pretty cool. Like, you really didn't see the Irish side of gang or mafia. Shameless stuff. did it better. Ah. <laughs> uh, Shameless did it better. I agree. <laughs> But yeah, Friday Night Lights, fantastic. And uh, first season is one of the best seasons in television history. Wow. What's your number two? Breaking Bad. 
Yeah, this is one I thought before I made the list was going to make it, but it didn't. Um, see, I sort of like the earlier seasons more than I like the later ones. Like, obviously, I wanted to see it all come to a head and all that, see how it ended. But I really started, I mean, I got on the Breaking Bad train kind of late. But that show blew up so much towards the end. I was getting so sick of people talking about it. As I could see some people probably with Game of Thrones and stuff nowadays. But Walking Dead, Jesus. But I don't know. I just really didn't think some of the later seasons or episodes were really as strong as what they did earlier on. Yeah. But, uh, I completely disagree. I feel but like yeah. I mean, I'm definitely saying this from personal taste. I'm not saying it like whatever, really breaking it down or anything. I just I personally like watching like the first season or so. I like seeing him break bad. I like the process more than the process of him getting there more so than I like when he becomes kind of a villain. Your personal opinions are wrong. No, <laughs> I can see where you're coming from, and I bet I bet if I rewatched the early seasons, I pro- I might have a different opinion. But I just feel like I didn't start watching until season four, like was in the middle of airing, and I went back, and I don't know. It felt like if I would have watched the show live when it first aired, first season, like in time, I don't know if I would have kept going. Well, also, I will say that the other reason was I uh, I only like binge-watching those shows. The same thing that happened with me with uh, Better Call Saul. I really didn't like Better Call Saul at first because I had to, like, wait. Oh, yeah. Once it all came out and I watched the whole show, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I, th- I think, like, the final season of Breaking Bad is in my top three favorite seasons of television history, probably. Oh, I, I mean, I don't mean to talk shit on the later seasons. I do think of shows, they actually did the ending pretty right, which is not easy to do. I mean, look at all the shows that have fucked that up. Yeah. But... I just think of the expectations for that final season had to be as high as any show ever. Yeah. And they freaking hit a home run. In my opinion, of course, of course. I just, I personally prefer some of the earlier seasons. And it's been a while since I've seen it, so I could tell you exactly which one is the best or whatever, but. Yeah. My number one. First season in television history. And probably just best season in television history. It's lost. Shoot. Have you seen it? Enough. Oh, God, you don't like it, do you? I really, 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 really don't like that show. Oh, my God. And again, it's... I mean, this is going back to when Lost was alive and relevant still. Which I know people that like it still argue about the show and all that, but... I just really didn't like this show. I didn't like anything about it. I didn't understand why people liked it, but I also don't care that people like it. 
You know what I mean? Like, there's some people that re- really hate on it, but I don't know. Just didn't like the show that much. For me, it's neck and neck with at Break- all. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's neck and neck with Breaking Bad as best show of all time. Um, first season, clearly, it's the pinnacle for me. It had, I think, 24 episodes and just, I mean, nailed it incredibly. Like, talk about being invested in characters through the flashbacks and setting up all these mysteries that, yeah, were never really uh, <laughs> resolved all that well, but didn't affect the journey. Um, I don't know. I just... I I could rewatch the first season of Lost, other than the fact that it would take like a month, <laughs> like any time. I can't wait till till slash if any of my kids ever have any interest, I would definitely rewatch the series, especially the first season with them. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just spectacular. The final season, yeah, I, on the other hand, I know I'm probably in the minority. I don't know. It's very polarized now. I think Is it? when it, when it was airing, I think most like you would be in the minority. But after the way it ended, like it split that audience in half. Really? Yeah. Just I remember people not being happy, but I loved the finale. Like the final season, I didn't think I think might be the weakest season, but the finale I loved. I thought they did the best they could and. And did a great job, but now the um, final season were they like almost not going to make it, or something like that, or did it take a while? Well, the first three seasons they had like twenty-two to twenty-four episode seasons, like any show, but then they came up with the deal for the final three seasons that they would have twelve episode seasons, I believe, and had a set end date or something like that. Uh, but anyway, what's your number one? Number one is The Wire. Shocker of all shockers. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think it's the best season of The Wire. What's yours? What is? Um, I think most people would say season three. Pretty sure season three. Season three is very similar to season one, but... It has two seasons under its belt, too. Yeah, season two could almost stand alone. Season two's mostly about different people. And season three, it more kind of picks up where season one left off. And has a lot of like returning characters. Not that uh, season one doesn't have returning characters, but it's hard. I guess the, the crime people was a little bit different. Gotcha. But... I just remember that I bought this season because I didn't have HBO or anything like that at Best Buy. And me and my cousin Sean sitting down ended up just watching every episode in a row. And I had just never seen a TV show do anything close. I mean, it's probably pretty easy nowadays to kind of plenty of shows that are sort of like The Wire, I guess, in a way, but it was just, first off, it was cool, it's from where we're from, you know? Yeah. But, not only that, it was just, I'd never seen a story told like it was, 
like uh, so many characters involved, which is fairly common nowadays. And uh, just, I, I'm pretty sure it's the last episode. It's one of the most brutal, gut-wrenching. To this day, I really can't even rewatch it. Wow. It's such a sad moment in TV history. It's tough to watch. But I don't know. It was just sort of nice seeing a show that wasn't so forgiving. Which, again, like with Game of Thrones and all that stuff these days, it's pretty common. But it's not forgiving in a more realistic way than most shows even today do it. It was ahead of its time. And it it was the first, uh, like, I guess you could say, like, cops and robbers type show where there really wasn't a good guy or a bad guy. Like, on either side. Like, there weren't, like, really cops that were bad people. There weren't... I mean, there's... I guess there's people that are bad people in the show, but it's it's a lot more gray than uh, anything I had seen up until that point. So... And the writing and everything is fantastic. So... Awesome. Yeah. Absolute recommendation. God, my work, Rodney, who I talk to, like, almost every day, we always talk about movies, TV, all kinds of stuff. He's rewatching The Wire right now. Uh, I think he said he rewatches it, like, once or twice a year. Really? <laughs> yeah. I used to do that. Uh... Except season one, actually, because I own the DVD set, I usually wouldn't go back and watch that because I had probably watched that like a few times before I ever saw another season of it. <laughs> yeah. It's ingrained. It's kind of funny, though, because that show did not do very well the entire time it was on. Critical Darling, commercial failure. It also was in the, the heyday of The Sopranos. Yeah, that's right. And The Sopranos is, I know a lot of people say it's one of the better shows ever made, but it doesn't hold a flame to the wire. It's so much smarter. and I don't know. It's just one of those things. I guess you just got to, like, watch it to get it. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do have to watch it. <laughs> Any shout-outs or honorable mentions? Uh, no, I think I've pretty much talked about anything. That... All right. I got a couple. All right. Heroes. I knew that was the one. <laughs> yeah, that was the one. That's the one that loved the first season. And I mean immediately unwatchable from the <laughs> episode one of season two. I remember um, you being really upset about that. Yeah, really bad. I mean, they just tried to bring it back a year or two ago and still terrible. I don't know. But that first season is definitely good. Um, Orphan Black is a show that me and Sam tried to, uh, not tried to, we watched it because I heard good things about it. Uh, I think after the second season had finished up and uh, loved the first season. It was a show, it's a show about this woman who finds out she's like a clone and then it's the same actress playing like four or five different versions of herself and great concept executed very well in the first season and then like 
for for whatever reason, I just lost interest in the second season. I finished the second season, but it just it lost me almost completely. But that first season, I do remember uh, hearing good things. Some people were really high on this show when it first came out. Yeah, first season's amazing. I mean, I don't know about amazing, but it's very good, very very good. Yeah, I don't know. I I just and I for what I didn't even continue with it after the second season. But another Showtime show, Masters of Sex. Um, great, oh, is. great first season. Um, it's still been a good show the whole way, but just not as into it. I guess you know when you first have sex, Masters of Sex, uh, it's really good, and then you know it kind of just becomes ho hum after that. Uh, another show is this French show called The Returned which they kind of made a terrible American version of afterwards but actually the second season is on Netflix and I mean I I love this first season so much I can't believe I've never watched the second one yet but the show where these people come back it's almost zombie-esque like these people who have been dead for a long time come back as in the state that they were when they died and it's just this crazy like look at what that would do to somebody who has already gone through the grieving process and and all that kind of stuff but really amazing show and uh would recommend it to anyone that hasn't heard of it or hasn't watched it and last i'll mention is orange is the new black thought the first season was very very good oh yeah i could i could throw that out too i like the first season a whole lot i also considered true detective and fargo but ultimately disqualified them because they're kind of not you know they're standalones so yeah actually i was going to say that earlier there's a lot of like animes and stuff like that that i think are just as good as regular television but most of the ones i like are one-offs yeah. Uh, even if, like, one of them is, like, 50 episodes, but it is technically one season. Yeah. Uh, could have got away with it, but I just figured it's place. Yeah, I mean, I could... Like I said, my list was so, like, almost stereotypical, and it'd be stereotypical of me to put, like, Cowboy Bebop in there. So. Yeah. Stuck traditional. The Leftovers uh, is a show that I love that basically my top three seasons of all time are lost season one, breaking bad final season and the leftover season two. But the first season while good got off to a slow start and not good enough. Also mad men, another one of my favorite shows of all time, but oh man, I didn't even consider mad men. I think the first season is very good, but I, I kind of like. It's better. I think that show gets better as it goes on, probably because it's character driven and. Yeah, 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 definitely. But yeah, that's about it. So, let's talk about what else we watched this week. I know there's one movie that we both watched. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of, kind of, yeah, <laughs> kind of came and went, but you drafted it. Oh, you drafted it. Uh, oh, I did. Fall box office draft. And uh, did not do well. Yeah, it's, my angle didn't work. <laughs> not at all. thought it would be so controversial and Oliver Stone that it would... 
it just blew up my face. Kind of just came went. Yeah, we're talking about Snowden, the Oliver Stone movie starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Edward Snowden. And, um, yeah, I, I actually was surprised by it. I kind of liked it. I liked it. First off, he does Snowden really, really good. You know what? He does, because we, I remember you said that to me before I watched it, and I was like, all right, we'll see about this. But, I mean, I watched Citizen Four a while ago, but as soon as he started talking, I was like, damn, that is him. Holy shit. Yeah, I, watching the movie, I almost forgot it wasn't like him. I can't, can I almost... I almost feel like it's dubbed. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just weird to see Joseph Gordon-Levin and that's the voice that comes out. But really well done. And I thought he kind of nailed the character in general. Like, he's the best part of it. Just his... Oh, absolutely. His, uh, yeah, portrayal. movie isn't perfect by Certainly any not. But it... I think it does do a really good job of taking something that is immensely complicated boiling it down boiling it down and kind of explaining it without like literally having to explain every little bit and piece I mean it's it's sort of explained because he's sort of telling the story yeah and I, I liked how like the bookends of basically the Citizen 4 documentary but being acted out like thought that was a cool yeah. idea yeah, there, I don't know. I, I didn't love it, but I just was really surprised just because I expected expected it to be trash almost. And it was an enjoyable movie. I mean, not that this is a subject matter that should necessarily be enjoyable, but I just thought well, it, was, yeah. it was easily digestible and I had a good time watching it, kept my interest the whole way. And it, it really is like an important issue. And I think it's it is strange that it, is that enjoyable to watch? But yeah, this must. This is just JGL's thing now. He's uh, you take a well-regarded documentary, you give him a weird accent or vocal affect, and you go in with low expectations, and he surpasses them. That's just what he does. So, what's just, he trying to be? The um, Gary Oldman. Yeah. Eric and Gary Oldman. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like just like The Walk. It was very similar to how I felt about Snowden. That You know what? It, it blew my mind when I figured out Gary Oldman was British because I had no idea. Yeah, you would never know. He plays, and he plays so many different. He plays Russians. He plays a French guy. He played Americans. <laughs> yeah, he's basically, uh, who's the guy that played Gandhi? He's basically another version of him. Yeah. He'll play any ethnicity. But I even thought Shailene Woodley was really good as the I girl, like her. As the wife or whatever. Did it make but, did it make you tape your camera on your computer? No, I don't really care. Yeah. Wait, not even after that Black Mirror episode? No, not really. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. But my look on things is like, I don't know, like with hacking and all that, like it, I do think being secure is important, but I don't really have any much money or 
credit and like stuff like that. So if you want to steal my identity and screw it all up, feel good, free. Good luck to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched an amazing movie since our last episode. You know, it's getting down to the end of the year when all the awards movies come out. and I thought I'd catch up on the 2015 awards race. Uh, I watched Son of Saul, the movie, okay. that, the movie that won Best Foreign Feature, foreign, foreign Language Movie at the Oscars last year. I am a year behind on this, but... It's definitely in my top ten for 2015. I think I put it at like eight or nine. This is wow. a, this is. I'll read the plot synopsis for you. It's pretty heavy. In the horror of 1944 Auschwitz, a prisoner forced to burn the corpses of his own people finds moral survival upon trying to salvage from the flames the body of a boy he takes to be his son. So basically, this is another. Uh, this is a Holocaust movie about a Jewish man who is what they call a Sunder Commando, who's basically just, quote unquote, one of the lucky ones that gets to live for a few months, but he has to, like, get like what I just said, get rid of the remains of the bodies that are killed and burned, and it's just horrendous work and no rest just basically work work them until they're useless and then kill them too wow but uh this story is he's one of those sunder commandos this guy and the whole movie is shot in this weird perspective where it's almost like a close-up on his face the entire time he's always the center of the camera unless sometimes it will follow like from his eye, eyes perspective about what he's seeing. But basically, it's like he's in the center of the frame the whole time. And just from the fringes on the, like the corners and the around him in the background, almost in like a, like through a fog, you see just basically the goings on, you know, in the camps and in all the background stuff. And it's super effective. Like I just felt sick to my stomach the entire movie but it it's almost propulsive in a way just from the way it's shot and it's him running around doing all this stuff it's a bunch of long takes put together wow and yeah this guy they just got done gassing god it's even makes me like sick to my stomach just saying it but they just get done gassing these innocent people and they're getting rid of the bodies scrubbing up the blood and there's a young boy who is still barely breathing and he rushes to get the doctor or whatever ends up the kid ends up dying but he says that's my son please just let me bury him and it's almost unclear if it is his son or if it's just reminds him of his son and he just feels like he needs closure and to make maybe just the fact that he feels so guilty that he just needs to feel like he needs to do something to redeem himself but basically the whole movie is him trying to be able to bury this kid instead of having him be burnt to ashes and then that ashes thrown into the ocean wow and uh 
Yeah, it's just incredibly well done. It's an incredible movie. It's super fucked up, but I, I would recommend it. If you can stomach it, I would definitely recommend it. The performances are great. The way it ends, I love the way it ends. I don't want to give it away, obviously, but... Um, yeah, I feel like I want to see this. Uh, you're talking about yeah, it. Yeah, Son of Saw. I give it a heavy nine out of ten. Uh, I feel like there was one other thing I wanted to talk about with it, but you know, I think maybe... I never watched uh, the Boy in the Striped Pajamas for a long time. And then... I don't think I've seen that one. Oh man, like I remember hearing it, it was like a messed up movie in a way, and I'm like, yeah, it's about. I don't know. The ending is extremely fucked up, but. It doesn't seem like it's fucked up like this movie is, but yeah, <laughs> my uh, my wife took my daughter to Ocean City last weekend, and my mom came over to my house to help me watch my son, who's a year old, uh, for the, just because I had to work the, the next day, and I'm like, mind if I put a movie on? And <laughs> this is the one I pick, <laughs> so it's just us sitting there in a quiet room watching this movie with like it's definitely not for the faint of heart so you're great at picking out movies to watch with the older relatives yeah yep like I watched Don John with my in-laws on New Year's <laughs> Eve one time when it's have you seen that uh, I haven't seen the whole movie it's basically but... just sex and porn and <laughs> nudity the whole entire movie as he's addicted to pornography <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know where I come up with this stuff. Man, I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think of that. I feel like there's one more thing, but maybe I'll come up with it if you end up watching it. But yeah, definitely an awesome, awesome movie. I wish I had seen it sooner. I don't know why. I feel like I was, like, looking forward to watching it, like, leading up to the Oscars. But then I guess once that happened and it kind of got forgotten until I was thinking about the movies coming up for this Oscar season. I was like, oh yeah, I never saw Son of Saul. Saw Son of Saul. Yeah, I mean, for me, I gotta be like really mentally prepared to watch movies like that. Not so much for the the content of the movie, but because I want to like be really into it and pay a lot of attention. That's why I still haven't watched 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. Just because... I know it's going to bother me, That's, but I just, yeah. at the same time, I want to give it my full attention. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I guess one other thing about Son of Saul is it takes place in, like, the final days of Auschwitz. So oh, really? So it's kind of, like, hectic. Like, there's stuff going on. You can't really tell what it is, but it's you. it's hard to tell. It's subtle. It's like hard to tell if it's actually because it's like winding down and about to be broken open or if it's because this is just how it is, you know. Uh, yeah. Like that. So what did you watch? Anything uplifting? I mean, compared to that, yes. <laughs> but um, I had never heard of this. It was on Netflix. I get it in the right order. Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy. You got it. Woo! This was a kind of an awards contender a few years back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Gary Oldman got an Oscar nod 
and win. Um, great cast. I mean, I couldn't even, to be honest, I couldn't name everybody in it, but it's Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't ever say his name. Like, <laughs> like when it actually comes out of my mouth, my tongue gets tied. But uh, <laughs> Gary Oldman. Tom Hardy. Um, Jeez. I mean, if you've seen it, a British movie in the last 10 years, they're, they're probably in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredibly uh, well I mean, there's a there's a couple of actual, like, fairly big actors that are in it as well that are escaping me. No one's really a main character, I mean, except for Gary Oldman and Benedict. But, um... It's about spies. Tinkers, tailors, and soldiers. Um, essentially, someone goes to Austria or something like that, and they get killed doing a job for one of the older... I guess it's MI6 is their spies. I, always, I get confused between MI5 and MI6. One's intelligence, one is spies. Um, but it, basically it all revolves around that there is a Russian spy in the top ranks of what they call the circus, which I guess is like the the building or whatever of all these said spies. And it's just a kind of classic Cold War deception movie. Not really classic, but it's it's pretty slow. Very slow. And there's a lot of building, and you, you're never even really totally clear until the very end of who's who. Actually, they, you're not even 100% sure everybody that's in on it after the fact. Sort of becomes that everyone's a little bit fucked up in a way. But It's a really well-made, incredibly acted, looks great movie. But I had no idea what the fuck was going on. It is very British and <laughs> yeah. very slow. But I still really enjoyed it. I feel like it's a movie I have to watch five times to fully appreciate. It's, it's almost a movie. It's I don't think this is like how the movie is actually supposed to be interpreted, but it's almost a movie where you could see that the people that end up being the culprits are sort of not even the main culprits. But I don't know. It could have gone there. I don't think it does. Yeah. It's it's just never really clear. They say one person, but really kind of ends up being many, but it's not really clear how, I guess, liable those people are, because basically everyone's screwing over everyone to get ahead. Yeah. So, like, like in Spies, like, they might actually cooperate in a way with the Russians. So everyone's sort of a double agent in a way. But 
it's just hard to put your finger on everything. Something but tells it, it's me super well acted. <laughs> Worth yeah, the watch. Oh my god, yeah. Something tells me Allied's gonna be a little easier to follow. Yeah, I think that's gonna be a little more coherent. But yeah, but you... I like it because I do feel like it was a somewhat realistic portrayal into like what something like that would be like. It's very like subtle things and Yeah. Gary Oldman is really this the star of the show by far. Just by far. Such a quiet character and what he does with the bits and pieces of information that he has. He's also a suspect, even though he's sort of the one that's investigating it. It's uh I don't know, you you really have to see it to understand it. And maybe even then you won't, but Yeah. If you're in for a slow movie and it seems like uh your cup of tea, then I definitely recommend it, especially since it's on Netflix. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it again at some point. It's a movie I didn't like, but I have the utmost respect for, and would have no problem with more movies like this being made. Like, is a smart, intelligent, you know, well-made movie. Yeah, it's definitely. I think that's what I liked about this movie was that it it didn't like spoon feed me the whole time. Yeah. Well. I followed up Son of Saul, <laughs> one of the best movies I've seen in a long time, with maybe one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Wow. It's on Netflix. It's a movie from this year. It's Kevin Smith's Yoga Hosers. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Good God Almighty. You had uh, expectations for this movie? No. <laughs> but uh, it's a follow up to Tusk which came out a couple years ago that I actually enjoyed like I gave it a 7 out of 10 I liked aspects of it a lot this is the kind of like pseudo sequel the two little Canadian clerks who were played by his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter from Tusk are basically the main characters here and they hire Johnny Depp's character from Tusk in this movie Sergei Lapin and God. Like, the, basically, the story of this is. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. It's alright. Uh, basically, the story of this is. <laughs> there are these little German sausage people that come to life and. Uh, like. I don't know. It's they jump down people's throats, kill them. That's what this movie's about. Yeah. <laughs> Where in the previews was this? I had no idea. I saw bad Quebec accents and stuff. I didn't like what I saw, it's but this weird horror movie with the most annoying characters, the worst special effects I've ever seen. Like, these girls are fighting these these sausages with, like, hockey sticks. And it's just the worst special effects I've ever seen in my life. I don't know. And I liked nothing about it. The only reason I gave it a 2 out of 10 is because I kind of have a soft spot for Kevin Smith. I feel like he gets 
way more crap than he deserves, at least until this movie. I don't know. I might be completely. I'd agree with you there, but I might be completely. Is it like so bad that it's good? I don't know. Give it a shot. Let me know. (laughs) It's not long. I mean, it's but it feels like it is. (laughs) I hated it so much. Oh boy. Did you watch anything Uh, else? No, not really. Westworld and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll run through some stuff. Okay. Deepwater Horizon. Okay. Another movie you took in the summer box office draft. Got good reviews, and I can understand why. It's definitely well made for what it is. I mean, what it is is the story of the Deepwater Horizon, the oil rig that, you know, had a situation where it, like, exploded and all the oil was going into the ocean. And I don't know. It was good. I gave it a 7 out of 10. thought Mark Wahlberg was very Mark Wahlberg. He's really phoning it in these days. <laughs> yeah, he is. But I don't know. It wasn't bad at all. Like, it was an enjoyable two hours. I just don't know why it was made. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's... I don't, There's something about him with these types. Of, like, he's making the, the Boston movie. Yeah, Patriot's Day. Same he likes, like, everything. playing with people's heartstrings in a way, but I don't think it's that bankable anymore. But I actually have heard better things about Patriot's Day, but I'm sure it's very similar. I mean, it's same director with Mark Wahlberg in the lead. It's just... Is this really... I don't know. I feel like... Why make this Hollywood blockbuster feeling movie about this subject? Either... uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like it could have been a documentary. Like, there's not enough information to make it worth basing off the real-life thing. I don't know. One of the reasons I drafted it is I saw something about the movie prior. Like, right before the draft. And it was like... One of the biggest set recreations ever made to make that movie. Like, they really made a freaking oil rig, essentially. It's like, wow, that's like kind of Titanic like. Like, maybe this is going to be a better movie, whatever. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I feel like I'm sounding a little more down on it than it actually was. Like, it was a fine two hour watch, which is more than I can say for some movies, but. Yeah. It was good. It just was. In one eye, out the other. I probably won't think of it again after this. After talking about it for this couple seconds here. Another one that is in one eye and out the other. Ice Age Collision Course, the latest movie in the Ice Age franchise. I didn't know they're still making these. (laughs) Yeah, they sure are. I don't know why. This one's terrible. Four out of ten. I mean, talk about a bad franchise after the first movie. Was the second one any good? No. Nope. I can't remember. I don't remember much. They all kind of bleed together at this point. but Yeah. I I think I saw the second one in the movie theaters, but yeah, I couldn't tell you what the difference between the first and second. They go back to the same well over and over and over. I don't know. I guess for kids, easy to please. Yeah. I know their kids... Somewhat kids' movie I watched was Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. 
the uh, Tim Burton movie. It certainly is peculiar, but it's one of the most bland movies I've seen in a while. Five and a half out of ten. Yeah, I hadn't heard good things about It's like trying to be X-Men while also trying to be uh, Willy Wonka. Or, I don't know. It's It doesn't look good. It's ugly. It's not terrible. It's not bad, but it's just I was bored to death. Huh. Also watched 13 Hours, The Soldiers of Benghazi or whatever it is. Oh. The Michael Bay movie, which was better than I expected. But talk about an ugly movie. Michael Bay movies are – I hate the look of them. They have that yeah. greenish-blue kind of gloss to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, he uses that like film screen. Yeah, I hate that. Let's say they did that with the nin- like the Ninja Turtle movies that he produced too. I just – I do not like that look whatsoever, but – I would say 13 Hours is about on par with The Rock, which is a movie that a lot of people love, which I think is just okay. Um, yeah, I give it a 6 out of 10. It's There are worst ways to spend your time. So does it show when Hillary Clinton makes it, all that happen? It doesn't nail you over the head with it. It's not like <laughs> a, a message movie. It's Wait, not, do they really show something like that? They kind of give nod to it, yeah. Wow. Uh, but I don't think this is the reason she lost the election by any means. No, I just hate hearing about it because whatever. Yeah. There's like fucking 15 embassy attacks during Bush, like 10 during Reagan, like hundreds and hundreds of people died and never made the news. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know enough about it to really... You know. Yeah. But, anyway. Yeah, I don't know. It's a a decent movie. And the last thing I watched was Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. Oh, I heard about this movie. It's alright. It's not very good. Yeah, I didn't expect that much. Yeah. Again, I always like... Like, I like pretty much everyone involved here. I just think it's a waste of their talents. Story of Zac Efron's life. I, re- I really like that guy a lot. He's very charismatic. He's a funny guy. He just, I don't know. And even Aubrey Plaza I like a lot. I like Anna Kendrick. And there are moments that I laughed for sure. But overall, pretty dumb movie. I just like how this movie is basically based off a true story. Is that right? <laughs> it really is. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. Like, that really happened. Like, these guys had to get dates, and they put it out on Craigslist to make, like, the news. And... <laughs> That's funny. And, All like, right. nine out of ten. I saw them making the movie, and they were like, there's no way, like, this is true. And then they said, like, when they first met the two guys, like, holy shit, this is true. <laughs> met them at, like, eight in the morning in a hotel lobby, drunk already. <laughs> Like, wild guys. A lot of fun. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's better than anything in the movie. <laughs> Five and a half out of ten. Alright, so let's... Let's do some pre-judgment day, or as I was telling you, let's take a walk to the trailer park, because we, yeah. we got a lot of trailers that came out the past week or so. Uh, I don't know what it is. I guess... 
you know, gearing up for the big movies of next year. Yeah, I guess so. But first, we got to take a look at your movie in the Fall Box Office Draft, one of the last big movies that will be released this year, Martin Scorsese's Silence. Yeah. Really good trailer here. Amazing. Basically shows Liam Neeson getting captured, Adam Driver, and Toby Maguire, I was about to say, <laughs> Andrew Garfield, the other Peter Parker, uh, as these um, uh, Spanish or some kind of... Uh, like Spanish or Portuguese. Yeah, folks. Portuguese, I think. Yeah. Uh, basically, what, Christian miss- missionaries? Yeah. And they're going to feudal Japan to rescue him and preach the word of the Lord. And apparently it's almost four hours long. Wow. <laughs> but it looks good. and I think It looks amazing. The early word out of the critics' greetings was that it's... Some people think it's like a masterpiece. So it's definitely got some good word of mouth. Um... I haven't seen a lot of reviews. I think it was only like select people that got to to review it. But yeah, I'm psyched. I'm excited for it. I really want to see this movie. Yeah. Um, the trailer's amazing. Yeah, it really it's just very visual. It seems like there's a lot of substance as well. Yeah, I love just the atmosphere. Just the trailer gives off. I don't know. It's one of those movies that kind of reminds me of like the Revenant trailer where. You can yeah. tell that you're just going to, I don't know, really get into it, just based off the look, the vibe. I have a minor story about this trailer, though. Like, I watched it the second time. Okay. And it was like, man, this reminds me of something. And it sort of ruined the trailer for me after this. Okay. Not like literally, but I cannot help but think of Robert Downey Jr. and Tropic Thunder. I watch this trailer now because one of the trailers in that movie is like just like this. Yeah, that's right. Super serious, and he's doing like that kind of accent. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, whatever. And didn't that trailer actually have Tobey Maguire in it? I think so. (laughs) That's hilarious. Aren't they like lovers or something like (laughs) that? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So it sort of ruined it, but I remember just cracking up laughing when that dawned on me watching it, like, the second or third time. That's good. (laughs) That's good. Yeah, I mean, it's freaking Scorsese. It's... Maybe my favorite director of all time. I mean, yeah. Just can do no wrong, basically. No, I have seen a few of his that I didn't love, but lately he's on a roll. He's on a roll. Yeah. Next up, we have an HBO. We, I guess we could talk about both. There's two HBO, like, self-contained, what are they called? Uh, limited series event or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the first one is Big Little Lies. This is starring Shailene Woodley of Snowden fame and many other things. Uh, Reese Witherspoon. Who's the other big actress? Um I don't know. Anyway, what her there name was is. like there was definitely some big names. Everyone was pretty recognizable. Yeah, for sure. It's about a a small town where it seems like it's a bunch of rich. It's basically uh, Real Housewives of whatever. 
and cattiness abound where gossip and rumor mongering and it seems like there's some kind of murder going to happen. pretty dark, yeah, actually. Yeah. It almost reminds me of Gone Girl a little bit, even though I know it's not necessarily that, but yeah, just had that kind of vibe to it, which I'm all about. Thought it looked like a series that I want, I want to watch. Yeah, it definitely looks cool. Um, I'd have to see more, because it seems like there's something else more ominous that the story might actually be about. Yeah. And it's weird how they do get it across, because you don't even seem see them being that catty with each other until the very a little end. bit towards the end. Yeah. I actually just like the parts where it was almost normal day-to-day life. Like, it yeah. just seemed like, uh, like we were saying before, just that, like a vibe or a tone to it. Yeah, even when they're being nice to each other and stuff. Yeah. It seems kind of fake. Yeah, thought, seems very well made, so... I'm definitely looking forward to it, but I think you're looking forward to The Young Pope a little more, starring Jude Law. It just seems like, what, the the first American young pope to take yeah, over or I, something? And I never, I just saw this the other day. I hadn't really heard anything about it. I had no idea until you just told me about it and I watched it. But I really like Jude Law. Yeah, he's been uh, on a roll. He's the lady that plays the nun. Diane Keaton. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't recognize her until her name came up. But it looks... I don't know exactly what it's going to be about. I mean, its it seemed pretty ominous as well. But Yeah, I didn't really understand it, but I'm like, I'll watch it if it's only like a seven-episode thing. He is... Uh, he seems extremely power-hungry. But they don't really make it clear from what direction he is power hungry for right i know i'm curious is he to trying see... to dismantle things is he trying to just yeah. right right yeah a lot of questions i don't even like how i want i'm curious to even know how he became the pope yeah and yeah i don't know very interesting it, it does seem pretty cool it's like but it's not clear whether he's just, like, a bad dude who's trying to have power or if he's trying to, like, kind of end the corruption and stuff. Yeah. Exists or... Yeah, is this going to be, like, The Godfather Part 3? It's unclear. Yes. But it looks very well acted and kind of creepy in a cool way. Yeah. I switched my internet from Comcast to Verizon, and I got three months free of HBO, so that should cover both of these limited series. Nice. I'm excited. I think I'm looking forward to Big Little Lies a little more, but I'm in on both. Yeah, I definitely want to check both out. Next up, we have a little movie that I hadn't heard of, but it's from the same director as Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, it's called The Belko Experiment. This seems to be very similar to the movie I talked about a couple episodes ago called High Rise, where these people seem like they get hired for a job, they go into this office building, and then they lock lock it down from the outside and say, you know, you have yes. to kill one person or we'll kill three at random and... That kind of thing, like this, almost like Stanford Prison Experiment to the extreme. 
Yeah. And I don't know. It looked like a good thriller. It doesn't look bad, but it reminds me too much of like Saw. Right, or... yeah. It seems very gimmicky. But I could also see it being good. Yeah, well, well, the director has to be at least a little optimistic since, you know, guys made some pretty good movies. But, yeah, I I was not, like, coming out of this thinking, I can't wait to see this. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, I yeah. sort of, my first impression was sort of like I've seen this before. Yeah. Like, not literally. Yeah. But after seeing, I mean, it looks like it's well made, at least. For so. sure, for sure. What What's your prejudgment on this? And Silence, we forgot to do. Oh, yeah. Silence is a nine. Yep, straight up nine. Um, that is a six and a half, seven. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say seven. So, next up, we actually do have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. They had a teaser a few weeks ago, but this is the actual full trailer for the movie and i thought it looked great yeah i mean it just seems like more of the same you know but like in a great way absolutely the best the best part for sure has to be when um what someone's holding chris pratt's character star lord's hand and like he <laughs> has to tell or she can sense his true emotions <laughs> his true emotions and thoughts and it says, like, oh, you have love for whatever her name is. Uh, Zoe, yeah, Zoe yeah, 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 just general. I generally like her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's his face? What is that character's name? Dave Bautista. Uh, I can't remember mercy. Drack the Destroyer. Just start bursting into laughter, saying, ah, ah. She yeah, told her she's like, no, sexual love. <laughs> yeah. You must be so embarrassed. He's like, I think you're overreacting. <laughs> Do me next. Uh, I love that. I thought he was, after watching that movie a couple times, he became kind of the tractor destroyer. He was sort of my favorite character. Yeah, he's super underrated. Well, I don't think he's underrated, but I mean, as far as like who was on the team... You like, were... I love how the climax in the first movie happens. You're like, how do they find us? I called them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just love how they stick to that, the literalness of his character. I hope he never learns subtlety and, like, sarcasm and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so... And, I... I mean, Baby Groot seems pretty interesting. I wasn't, like, super sold on him at first, but... Yeah. You hit this button, we all die. You know, all right, let's go over this. Yeah. <laughs> tries to hit the button. Yeah. Jeez. I need to put tape over the death button. Yeah. I think it looks every bit as good as the first one based off this trailer. Yeah. So I'll say eight and a half out of ten. Eight and a half, definitely. Nice. This will be this might be one of the first Marvel movies I go out and see in theaters. Good, good, good. I'll have to go with you. I've been saying like I need to go out and see this movie, this movie, this movie the past few months and it just hasn't happened yet. I think the only superhero movie I ever saw in theaters was Watchmen. Yeah, yeah that I was think. good. I think I saw it with you. Might have. I think was. I went with Charlie. I remember. Yeah, I think it was with the cousins. So. And there was like people dressed up as characters. I think so. Yeah. I get vague. It's weird to me that I can forget something like that. 
<laughs> yeah. I hope no one came as Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. That would be inappropriate. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. I do want to see the new Star Wars in theaters, but I'm hoping I have time to do that, at least. Yeah, I might try to go see that day one again, because I couldn't believe how easy it was to see the last one. Yeah. Yeah, God, it's a must-watch. But then again, they did shut down the theater and only showed Star Wars. That, that is fair. <laughs> like in eight of ten screens. Yeah, I mean, I felt sort of bad because I just walked in, bought a ticket, walked right into the theater, and there are all these people waiting to get in the IMAX theater that were in like a three-hour-long line. And yeah, that's crazy. Suckers. <laughs> Suckers. That uh, bad. Next up, we have The Mummy remake. Starring Tom Cruise. Uh, did you ever see the original? Yeah, I think so. It was alright. Why are they remaking this? I don't know. Tom Cruise wanted to. So... And it doesn't seem like it really like the first one. Unless yeah. I'm thinking of something different. It just, I don't know. He must have had a reason. Like, he could pretty much do anything he wants. So True. it's kind of curious, but I wasn't really feeling it here. Um, I thought that the the mummy, who's a, a girl in this one, reminded me of the bad guy from Suicide Squad. I was going to say it reminded me of uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, a little bit. But I don't know. I, I'm sure it won't be bad necessarily, but it's just... It might be a halfway decent action flick. Because my yeah. favorite part of the trailer is when he pulls that girl's parachute. Yeah. <laughs> flying out of the plane. Yeah. And odd that that would be my favorite part, but yeah, it I'm seems sh- so natural for Tom Cruise to do. <laughs> exactly. It's like a Mission Impossible movie for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure there'll be some cool set pieces. So I'm, I'm not too down on it. I don't know. This trailer, I don't think, was actually just that great. Yeah, I got to agree. I gave it a six and a half out of ten. Yeah, six. Be nice. <laughs> All right, uh, Transformers. There's a new Transformers movie coming out called The Last Night. Um, I actually think it's it, not a bad trailer. It's really not a bad trailer. I'm sure it will be way worse than it looks. Yeah. Like, I like the first one decent enough. Second one, third one, fourth one, progressively worse. They're just I don't like them at all this i I would say looks better than the last couple i don't understand what it's supposed to be about i have no idea because at first they're like going through time and stuff and showing all this cool stuff and then it's just back to the same shit in a way yeah to me the less human characters in these movies the better I would agree. But I'm still... The only way I could see liking human characters is if they were in a different time period or something like that. And yeah. they were just like... Not really characters. Yeah. Like they happened to be fighting like medieval castle or something like that. Yeah. But I'm sure it'll be terrible. I give it 5 out of 10. Yeah, four and a half. <laughs> you always undercut me. Price is right rules. I know. I gotta let you. <laughs> I gotta let you go first from now on. 
Uh, last trailer that we watched was Baywatch, <laughs> the the movie yeah, version. Watch Baywatch. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I didn't know what they were going to do with this. It turns out it's pretty much just going to be a straight up comedy, right? So. Yeah, I gotta say, when I was watching this, I'm like, they're making Baywatch a comedy. Like that's kind of dumb. And then the farther I saw into the trailer, I was like, you know what? That makes sense because. How the hell would I take Baywatch seriously? Yeah. This basically seems like the 21 Jump Street version of Baywatch. Yeah, or not as serious, but for some reason it reminded me of like Bad Boys or something. Yeah. Comedy, but definitely not nearly as even serious as that. But You know what? I thought it looked pretty good. I kind of got to agree with you. <laughs> I, first of all, I love Alexandra Daddario. Yeah. Can't get enough. Of but I, I really like how they were, like, actually poking fun at themselves. <laughs> yeah. Like, why does it look like she runs in slow motion or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> She's, like, so hot it looks like she runs. And the dude's just like, you see that, too. <laughs> I, like, I like, we talked about Zach Efron, Efron before, and he just seems as good as ever here. Yeah. Playing this idiot. But my favorite part has to be when, what, they first they show some scenes of these lifeguards, like, chasing after these people with, like, guns and, and a shootout. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes to the cop. We are in the middle of a lifeguard chase. It's like, what? That's not lifeguard a thing. Pursuit. Yeah, pursuit. <laughs> he said, That's not a thing. <laughs> and then, it, like, I was just going along with the trailer until that part. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, these are exactly. just lifeguards. What are you people thinking? <laughs> you, you Zach Efron is saying this. You people, yeah. <laughs> Rock just like cuts them off. No, you're just tan. You can't. Good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought it actually looked pretty funny. I don't. I'm yeah, sure it might actually be halfway decent. Yeah, I I'm not gonna go too high. I'll say like a seven, maybe a seven, a scraping a seven and a half, but. I will say I'm much more interested now than when I first heard about it. Yeah, I gotta agree. And I'm guessing um, Bar- the Barbie movie is going to be similar because they they uh, hired Amy Schumer as the lead. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's what they just they gotta do: go comedy with these cra- these crazy ideas. See, I'm cool with that. Oh yeah, you can do whatever the hell you want with comedy. But don't mess up my childhood with Baywatch. It's perfect the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Baywatch. Oh, I get a seven as well. Cool, cool. All right, well, stay tuned. Next week, we're going to be reviewing War Dogs and Hell or High Water, as well as our top five Chris Pine movies. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for listening to this long episode. We had a lot to get to. thought... Got to a lot of it. So, yeah. like I said earlier, if you want to get at us with some feedback, you can email us, theredboxreport at yahoo.com, or follow us on Twitter at the Redbox Report. I'm on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at Redbox Reporter. Like us on Facebook, subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. And as always, thanks for coming out. <laughs> I, for- oh. <laughs> I remember I came up with the. Outro last time, and now I forgot.
Yeah. I totally blanked on it as well. Yeah. Alright, see ya.